Hey everybody, it's Charity and I am here with another episode of the Badass Women of Promo podcast and many of you may know the guest that you are looking at in front of you, Miss Ronnie Wright from the book company. Just uh, thank you for coming on today, kind of a legend and one of my most very favorite people, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I've never been considered badass in my life, so I'll take it. I can Pretty sure you've been myself a, with. <laughs> you've been a badass your whole life. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Just Wear take it. With a badge it. of honor. Yes, exactly. Proudly. Super fun. I am so, so stoked to have you on. You are, I mean, for people that don't know, Ronnie does yoga and she does yoga yoga live um, (laughs) for us throughout the week on Facebook. And even before that, um, obviously you have done so many incredible things in promo. Um, But tell us how you got here. Where were you before you were in promo? How long have you been here? And what do you love most about it? a lot of questions in one. That's a lot of questions in one. Okay, let's see if I can remember that far back. <laughs> um, so I wanted to be a professional dancer, and I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to teach dance and dance therapy. That's what I wanted to do. Um, always considered myself uh, a dedicated discipline, a ballet I loved. I didn't have the body for it, so I pursued modern dance and all other ki- kinds of things. But when I got out of college, I had to go and get a job. <laughs> and uh, entertainment business isn't always, you know, pay well. Um, so I needed to pay the rent, and I wasn't living at home. Didn't have that luxury. So um, I got a job, and I worked for a costume jewelry company called Monet. Um, and I, it was, it was a lot of fun. It taught me uh, a lot about business and I realized I was kind of good at it. And so I went back to college to get a business degree because I thought that you needed to be credible. But anyway, that job got me to Florida um, in the early eighties and I didn't really want to travel. My job was the whole state of Florida and I was a little, I was here in Florida by myself. I was a little lonely And I just didn't want to be on the road. So I looked for jobs and I ended up working for a company called Goodbye Sportswear. It was a silk screener, t-shirt silk screener. And I was selling imprinted t-shirts. Didn't even know there was an industry to radio stations and museums and a variety of different accounts until we wound that down. And I ended up working. Um, I met somebody along the way, all the networking that I had always done and a job landed in my lap and I ended up working for a commercial printing company. So I learned the print industry. And one day he said, I'm kicking you out of the office and you're going to go sell. And here's how you're going to sell. You're going to see these clients for an entire week and then you're going to repeat the process next week and you're just going to hit the road and you're just going to walk in and introduce yourself and let them know what you can do and I did and unbeknownst to me after five weeks we had more business than we knew how to how to handle so didn't even know I could sell just needed a couple of pointers and he put me in the right direction so I had all this amazing experience and then I was calling on a client. I thought they were an advertising agency and I found out they were a catalog company in our industry. (laughs) And here, opened up my hands, a job fell into my lap and the next thing I knew I was working for a company called Impact 
here in Florida, they were selling uh, catalogs. So Basically, I had a list of distributors and I pick up the phone and I say, you ordered catalogs last year. Do you want to order them again this year? And the office was so small, some of the time I found myself sitting under the desk just to have a little bit of privacy. <laughs> but I got to know distributors. And of course, my first, my best education was one distributor said, well, what do you know about our industry? And I didn't know anything at the time. So I thought, I better learn, and I better learn quickly. So I started asking people I, were, I was calling how long they'd been in the industry and what kind of experience they had with our catalogs. And so that was my story. It's like, well, I'm new in the industry, but let me tell you, I just talked to Charity, and this is what she's saying about my product. So that was huge. That was one of the biggest things that I learned uh, being new you know, in the business. So I worked for Impact for about 10 years. Uh, then I moved over to ASI and I worked on the introduction of the internet products. So I was selling websites and talking about technology when I was not uh, tech savvy whatsoever, but I went, you know what, I can learn this. And I started doing educational sessions and it was a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, I was a distributor for a while, which was really fun, uh, partnered with an advertising agency. That was really cool because I loved the brainstorming. And then I moved over to the supplier opportunity. I met Doug Greenhut, who owns the book company at a trade show, and I fell in love with the product. And he thought that I might be a good addition to the book company team. So it took me a little while to say yes, but I finally did. And here I am 16 years later, still loving uh, what I do. So uh, that's the, that's the story. That's so fun. I love that. That's the story and you sell books. So it really pairs together well. Um, I, you said something that is so intriguing to me. And when I was um, younger in the industry, in my distributor days, um, one of the things that I actually used to do was use that ignorance that I had to my benefit. I think sometimes some people are so scared that they kind of like handicap themselves or limit themselves from going out because of what they don't know. But I think that there is really something to be said and really something smart of you to go out there and say, instead of saying, I don't know, and letting it limit me, I'm going to say, I don't know, I'm going to ask questions and use that really to be part of your sales pitch. And that's just genius to me. I think everybody could probably stand to learn from that, you know, kind of moving forward. I think that's incredible. So good on you for that. Um, Thank you. Have you always been... Uh, lover of books? I, I feel like my, obviously the answer is probably yes, but did you ever, you know, imagine yourself like, were you an avid reader? Like, do you read all the books? Like, I'm just so curious how the, how the book thing came into play. Obviously you're a lifelong learner, um, knowledge seeker for sure, but how did that kind of come to play? You, you know, I, I had always given books as gifts that, you know, was just something that I did even before I knew that we could turn them into a, a really cool a promotional product. So that connection for me, after being in the industry for almost 20 years, and then knowing that we could utilize books in, in programs and projects and, and marketing and education, 
I thought, wow, this is just uh, really cool. I'd love to kind of get that message across. So yeah, I, I, I love to read. I like to read all different kinds of books. I wish I had time to read more. Um, but you know, you don't have to. It's interesting. Sometimes I hit a wall with distributors who don't feel are intimidated or uncomfortable talking about books if they haven't read that. And I'm here to say that that's why you've got us on your team. We'll give you the pivotal points. We'll give you the talking points. We'll make sure that the book that we recommend for your client is one that you can easily explain uh, to the client. You don't have to read the book in order to be able to, to sell books. That's cool. Very great piece of advice. I love that. You mentioned one other thing. Uh, you said you wish you had more time uh, to read more books sometimes. And this kind of gets into my next question. So um, for everybody listening, you guys might know Ronnie and her history and follow her along on Facebook. But um, I think I've known you for a long time or known about you for a very long time. We didn't start talking really until probably the last, you know, three years or so, four years. Um, and one of the things that I think is fascinating, I always just imagined you as like early 40s, mid 40s. And then I see it's your 60th birthday and you have this hashtag now it's like hashtag life after 60 and I personally am dreading you know the aging process I'm coming up towards 40 like inching my way there and I'm thinking oh man like it's over but watching you <laughs> inspires me so much I'm like okay it's not over in fact it's just getting started like I feel like I'm not even anywhere close just watching you and your travels and yoga like how did you get this zeal for life and how do you keep that going you just inspire so many people and what's your fountain of youth story because <laughs> I'm like, I want to look 40 when I'm 60. Well, well Charity if I share my secrets, secrets anymore. Is Actually, it in one of your books? No. <laughs> there is no secret it's uh I don't know I always have looked at the glass half full um even when bad things happen um, and I, and I didn't anticipate being single at this point in my life either. So I really went through a whole change in how I live, where I live, who I'm living with. And, you know, life like literally turned itself upside down and I'm not a, um, I'm, I'm pretty private person, so I don't share things. I, I usually think, you know what, nobody wants to see the icky stuff you know and I yeah so anyway I have issues with that personally but I went through some some tough stuff in the last few years and I've decided that um, I really do know who I am and so I'm going to live the kind of life that I want to live um, and that includes eating well practicing yoga um, almost every morning going to places where I can be with people that are like-minded and like me. I've traveled to India twice. I, I hope I get to travel overseas again. Um, matter of fact, in my 50s, <laughs> I went to India. That was my first trip abroad. Um, and I, I hadn't traveled and I'd always wanted to. And I had limitations and boundaries set prior to this new life I'm living now. Mm -hmm. And and being in India, I met so many people who've traveled and been all over the world. And I found myself to be quite envious. And I thought, you know what, you can change that. So I decided that, 
you know, I was going to live my life that way. The other thing too, is because I, I have always have been around young uh, boys and girls with my dancing and my teaching, because I owned a ballet school for 12 years, um, oh, got rid of that in 96. Is this 96? No. No, I got, I started it in 96 and we let it go in 2011, I think, 2012. Okay. It was just too hard to manage that the way I wanted to. But they keep you young, you know, yeah. kids, being around kids, they, they keep you young. And I think that was part of it um, as well. But I try to sleep, you know, I go to bed early. I try to have, take care of myself. Um, I try to take care of my mind. I try to meditate when I can. Um, but I, I've always liked to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so when you like to do many things and you only have so many hours in a day, you learn to be very organized and disciplined. Yeah. Because if you really want to do something, and I'm a yes, you know, I was like, sure, yes, no problem. I say no a little bit more now, um, but I had problems with that, with my volunteering yeah. and serving on various committees and boards in the industry and, of course, outside of that um, as well. But I find I have, uh, I have the ability to say no and be strong. Yeah, it's very interesting to me too, I guess, obviously with my life lately, kind of some parallels in a sense where obviously my life turned upside down. I, I was the catalyst to that happening, but it was like things needed to change because, you know, like you said, there are boundaries and certain things that make us feel like we're in a cage. When the door is open the whole time, we just have to find it and kind of step through it. And that to me was super freeing. And I know a lot of people, well, I can't because this, and I can't because that, and I can't because, and the saying that you have to be willing to trade your old life for your new one to me, 100% true. But the idea that we really do, even if we don't feel like we have the freedom to do certain things, we always can. It just comes at the price of or expense of something else. And so traveling around in an RV, like we're doing, you know, it's like, I have to give up some of the comforts of home and you know, maybe solid internet sometimes and also judgment, like putting myself out there for people like, oh, well, you live in an RV and there's a lot of judgment that comes with that, that I was not expecting. Um, and I think when we start living for ourselves, that's one of those things, like you kind of just have to cast that all off and you know your story and what's good for you. And you also know that everybody else has the same freedoms in a sense. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously there's privilege and there's other things that factor into it, socioeconomic status and different things like that. But I came from nothing. And I just, it's so encouraging to watch people wholeheartedly know who they are and embrace that. So I love that about you. It's just fun watching you go places and travel and <laughs> put yourself out there. And even in the last couple of years, just, I know you mentioned your story and kind of being, you know, not, as willing to tell it just because I don't know if it's wanting to stay private as much as it is feeling like people don't really want to hear it. And that's one thing that I've learned is that me telling my story, I think is giving permission to other people to tell theirs. And I love hearing just even about you and other people. It's just inspiring to know, you know, what, where we were and where we are and, and see where, you know, we, where we can possibly go. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that with me. It's, it's cool. And I just, you know, you totally inspire me. So yeah, India. Well, 
it's super cool. Yeah, I know. Tough place to go to. So it's, um, you know, the other thing, and I'm sure you feel it too with your lifestyle and how you live your life charity, and that is being mindful and actually enjoying and living each moment because, you know, we don't get a do-over. And if you want to do something, you should do it. And if you don't want to do something, unless, of course, it's a responsibility that you've, you know, you've, you've got a contract and an yeah. agreement, you need to do it. But you know what, then find ways to make it enjoyable. Even my, I have one yoga teacher that says, find comfort in the discomfort. And I find myself repeating that mantra so often because it makes sense on the mat and it makes sense off the mat. So, yeah. So I'll tell you my sordid tale very quickly. My daughter went to New Zealand for a year and she wanted to find herself. And so my husband and I decided that we were going to go visit her because neither one of us had ever been to New Zealand. And while we were there, I learned that my husband did not want to be married anymore. So here I am on the other side of the planet trying to figure out, like, who I am and what I want. So that's when my life turned. Literally, I was already on the underside of the world. (laughs) And I had to manage and deal with that after almost a 30-year marriage and relationship to who I thought was my best friend. So tough stuff. But believe it or not, Charity, my daughter, she's the one that helped me through it because she helped me be strong and realized uh, that, you know, it wasn't the right place for us and it was, it would be okay. And you know what? She was a hundred percent right. And so that's quickly in a nutshell, everyone who always wanted to know and was curious, there you have it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that that is incredibly difficult but it is really interesting to see what can become out of what we didn't expect in that sense and the resiliency of our children um same kind of thing after my divorce uh i was having a really really rough time um mostly because of the kids like it sounds really weird to say that i you know my marriage was done and i didn't want to be there but didn't want to leave for my kids. I really wanted them to have that family. And, you know, I was kind of like, you know, perfect poly kind of thing. Like I was trying to make it, you know, they yeah. were always dressed cute. They sure. had their pictures cute, all of this. And just because I had such a crazy broken life growing up. Um, and I remember my daughter after, this is like months after we had moved out, I get this little folded up piece of paper and she had written me out a paragraph and she just said, it's okay, mom, you're strong. I'm strong. And we're in this together. I'll never leave your side and I'll do anything. We're going to get through this. And I was just like, okay, well now I really have to like, on one hand, it was so reassuring. I'm like, of course, then I was crying more. And then I'm like, now I really have to not let her down because she's watching and she, you know, but I mean, thankfully she knew it wasn't her fault or anything like that, but it just, that was so encouraging to me. And like you said, here we are years later and everything is working out and the kids are thriving and, you know, so I'm very, very grateful. And yeah, I, I'm sorry for what you went through. And I also am so proud of you and seeing just how much you've 
you're thriving. You're not surviving. You're, you're freaking thriving. <laughs> well, I, well, it was, you have two choices. You, you, you can, you know, disappear um, or you just manage. But, you know, one other really cool thing happened um, out of this and something I did not know and realize about myself is, you know, in my relationship with my daughter, my thought is you just, you know, you, you don't sweat the small stuff. You, you have a smile on your face. And if you're kicked down, you get up. And I never showed any vulnerability. I never cried in front of her. And of course, now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a total mess. And she's like, Oh, you're real. Mom, you, you need to show your vulnerability more. She goes, I always thought of you like the principal at the school. And I'm like, Oh, no, that's not me. That's not me at all. And so our relationship changed. And she's really helped me to be okay with not being perfect. And not just always being that smiley, shiny, rah-rah, you know, individual. Um, it was hard because that's not typically how I, how I am. Right. But thank goodness for her teaching me new words and how to share that uh, on a, in a different way. I love that so much. And just the fact that we can be real around our kids and they need to see that. And that's what helps them, I guess, grow into being compassionate, well-rounded adults. <laughs> like, we pray. We pray, right? We hope. We, we, we hope. They are their own people. They will, yeah. they will oh, yeah. thrive and survive. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, what such a great, great time on this call. I wish we could talk forever because well, <laughs> I guess if it's us, we probably could if we just didn't have a time limit. Um, but I don't want to keep you too long. I guess my final question that I love to ask, obviously, anybody that comes on is um, just obviously that we know a lot of strong women. And we know a lot of incredible women in the industry and outside of the industry. But thinking inside the industry, um, I'm just curious who you would nominate as a badass woman of promo and why? <laughs> so there would be several, but I'm going to pick one. And that is my dear, dear friend, Kippy Helsel, uh, Senior Vice President at CPS Keystone. And I'll tell you why. Um, when I first got into the industry, I'm at a trade show and this spunky woman comes <laughs> up to me and she said, someone said we look like we're sisters. And uh, we were competitors at the time, and we immediately became friends. And we've been friends for years. We've traveled together as suppliers. We've done educational classes together. One program we did, like in 2010 or 2011, was 13 Ways to Be Remarkable. And that's where the vodcasts we're doing now, um, Remarkable People, Three Questions and Lively Conversation, how that evolved is to find a way to collaborate with her because she's an amazing partner. She's smart, she's witty, she's creative. She embraces life. She embraces everybody that she meets and makes them your, her friend. Um, I just love her. She's dedicated to family, her business, the industry. She's just an amazing woman. So I love her to pieces. That is so fun. So you did mention something that I wanted to touch on. So I will Kippy and you, I saw that come out um, and you guys are adorable together. Totally love that. 
Um, but tell us more. That was my, my last and final question is I want to know more about this podcast. So you're doing like a video podcast and I love the remarkable people and you've had some really cool guests on. I thought I saw Jonathan Isaacson last week from yes. Gemline. Um, yes. and then you had like Tina and the whole girl gang on the first episode. So how can we listen to that? If we want to find that, I definitely want to go and, and follow that for sure. Does it have a is it just on your pages? Can we get it on SoundCloud? Where is it? <laughs> so right now it's on Vimeo and it's Remarkable People. Okay. Uh, so, it's, uh, it, so that's the Vimeo.com uh, slash uh, Remarkable People. And right now we just have two vodcasts up there. So you're right about Tina Flipsky and Michelle Bell. They were together. They were our inaugural uh, speak. It was so much fun. They're, they're, <laughs> just brilliant we had a little bit of technical issue but the girls just you know we just moved forward so that was that was great and then Ira Neiman and uh, Jonathan Isaacson we even got Jonathan to sing um, on that episode so So that that was fun and we are actually recording a session uh, this week our third one but I'm not going to say who it is yet secret guys so we have quite a we you know we're We've been in the industry for so long and we know so many people and we thought, you know, how do we say thank you? How do we let them know that we care about them, that we're thinking about them, that we admire them, that we think that they're remarkable? Why not have a short 20 minute, we keep it really short, 20 minutes, um, and, you know, and see how it goes. I mean, these are strange times and why not, you know, why yeah. not take advantage of the uh, opportunity to get people to just make it lively and fun and informative and easy to listen to. So we hope it uh, continues. You know, we really hope we get a following. Absolutely. So far, so good. Yay. We'll be sure when we post this, I'll post the link in the comments so that people can follow along and listen. They are fantastic and completely entertaining. So thanks for doing that. It's, I know that was probably a little out of your comfort zone from what I know of you before, <laughs> but you're doing such a good job breaking out of your show and being on social media. So I love it. I love seeing. Thanks to you, Charity. No. Thanks to you. <laughs> no, yes, I just, you're my, you're one of my inspiring people, women, just adore you. I mean, this is truly an honor. I, I love what you're doing. Um, I think you're so creative and innovative. And these aren't things that I are new. You know how I feel about you. So kudos, applaud. You're on a pedestal for me. Oh, right back at you. I just, you know, more than you, you can ever know. We're turning this into a total love fest, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love the light that you shine and the personality and your positivity and just the way that you handle things. So totally blessed to call you friend and super thankful you were able to come on this episode. So thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Charity. Thank you. So appreciate you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you back and appreciate our sponsors as well. I just want to thank you so much to both All Made and Common Skew for supporting the podcast and making it all possible with some financial contributions and some sweet swag. Also, Custer Stone Custom, if you haven't seen them, go check them out. Um, and obviously, make sure that you check the link that's in the comments below so you can uh, check out Ronnie's vodcast. That's a new one for me. And uh, yeah, so thanks for being here and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>